Hello and welcome to Acts of Grace Church. My name is Pastor Carrie Wetzel and I am so grateful that you're here with us today. I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you and we praise you and we bless you, Lord God, for all that you do for us. We pray, Lord God, that you would be with your country, Israel. Be with her people. Be with all of the Jewish people that are fighting for their very lives right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you are with them and that you are protecting them. And we pray, Lord God, that you would keep them all safe. Lord, we thank you for your love, guidance, and grace. We thank you for sustaining us from day to day. We thank you for your abundant provision. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and hover and lead this word that was given to me from you. Lord God, I pray that every word from my mouth would be ordained by you. And if I should attempt to speak anything that you do not want me to speak, Lord, that you would put a watch over my mouth, lest I sin against you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's sermon is called Flip the Switch. This was a sermon that I did on September 10th of 2023. Go ahead and get your Bibles out to Ezekiel 36, 26, which says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I often pray this for people that I love. I, this, is, this is one of the one of the first things that I say to the Lord in the morning when I am praying over my list of people that I want to see come to him. I say, Lord, take their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Because a hardened heart is when you can no longer love. You've become stubborn. And the Bible says you become stiff-necked. Growing up, I was often told that I, was, I had a very stubborn attitude, that I was a stubborn child. And that's true. I was very stubborn. But I don't ever want to be stubborn against the Lord. John twelve forty, Jesus says, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts so they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. He was talking about the church. When Jesus said this, he was talking about the Pharisees. That was the church back then. So don't ever think that just because you parked your butt in a pew that everything is hunky-dory. Just because you're there and you're present doesn't mean that you're listening and doing what God has asked you to do. We have to examine our hearts. We have to make sure that we keep our hearts open and pliable to what God is saying because if we don't, then we can't hear him because it's through our hearts that we hear Holy Spirit speak to us. Proverb 29.1 says, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Now, in a different translation, reproved is reprimanded. So he who is often reprimanded, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. I want healing. I don't want to be broken beyond healing. Now we're going to jump forward into 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 7 through 9. And this is the passages that talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh. It says, So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, 
a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I've often heard that passage preached as though Paul's thorn in the flesh was an illness, was an injury, was something that was physically wrong in his body and he needed healing. That is incorrect. It tells us right here in the passage what his thorn in the flesh was. I'm going to read it again and I'm going to highlight where the thorn of the flesh is in this passage. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. He was being harassed by a spirit. It was probably his pride because the first part of the sentence says, so to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul had a problem with pride. The thorn in the flesh was not something in the physical body. It was in his spirit. He was dealing with a demon that was harassing him with a spirit of pride. Never, not one time in the entire Bible could I ever find a single place where someone asked God to heal them and he didn't heal them. And we even have the story of the accidental healing where that the woman with the issue of blood jumped up and touched the hem, the fringe of his garment. Didn't even touch him, touched the fringe of his garment. And she was healed by her faith. That's where healing comes from. It comes from our faith that Jesus will heal us, that God will heal us. When our faith lines up with God's will, miracles happen. But we also have to understand that Jesus won't force himself on us. He's a gentleman. We have to ask. Everything about Christianity is getting to the point where we come to the end of ourselves and we ask God to step in on our behalf to heal us and set us free. Then if we go over to Romans 12, 2, it, the word of God says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Before we come to Christ, we have a sinful nature. This comes from the fall in the garden. Because of this fallen nature, it becomes very difficult to do the right thing and have a right mindset. We can strive to do what is right and can even sustain it for a little while. But if we haven't flipped our switch, we will go back to a resting position in sin. This sinful position is our default position. And before you get mad at me, just give me a chance to explain. Have any of you ever watched The Chosen, the beginning of it? It's the TV series about Jesus and the Bible. It follows his life through the Gospels. If you haven't seen it, that's okay. I'm going to kind of try and explain to you what that is. So during the opening of The Chosen, there you see these swirling black fish. And they're all going in the same direction. 
And then all of a sudden, one of them turns teal and flips and goes in the opposite direction. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about flipping a switch. Your whole mindset changes. I'm going to try and give you an example of what this looks like. If you were raised in a Christian household by Christian parents, this is what it's going to look like. You're watching your loved ones who are rooted in Christ going in the right direction. And we're following along with our friends in the wrong direction. We may try to do the right thing for a little while. We'll go to church for a little while. We'll pray for a little while. But then something will happen and boop, we go back to our default, which is to sin. Or we'll start praying and, you know, something bad happens. And so we jump back into church and we start trying to do the right thing. But then, boop, something bad happens and now we're going back to sinning again. Because that's our default. Then Holy Spirit steps in. Now, for me, it was what I call my dirty carpet moment. I was watching a sermon by Robert Morris, Pastor Robert Morris, and I realized that I was missing something. And I got down on the floor and I said, Jesus, I need you. I need you, I need you, I need you. And I said, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray. And Holy Spirit came. But what I didn't realize at the time was that when I was on that floor, I flipped my switch. I, my will became completely broken and Holy Spirit flooded into me. I laid my life completely down to Christ. Now, I used to think that God flipped the switch, but if he had flipped it, then it wouldn't be free will. We have free will, and God wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose righteousness. He wants us to choose to live our life with him. He doesn't want a bunch of robots running around. He didn't create us to do his bidding. Although we do his bidding because we want to do his bidding. We want to be in line with his will. It's just like any other parent-child relationship. We love having our parents' approval. We love having our Heavenly Father's approval. This is what we live for. This is what we were created for. God created angels to do his bidding and to do his, his will. We have free choice. And we have to lay our lives down to Christ. I want to encourage you today. Don't stop praying for things just because you haven't seen it yet. Don't stop praying for healing if you, just because you haven't seen healing. Pray for it. And, and actually, when you are hurting and you are in pain, tell it to go. To command it to leave. God doesn't want you to be infirm. He doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to be in pain. He wants you to be healed and whole and well. And if you're a Christian, you have every right to command any illness to leave your body because it doesn't belong there. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we would have life and have it abundantly. So don't stop praying just because you haven't seen anything happening yet. Don't stop praying just because you don't feel like you flipped your switch yet. Keep praying. Keep praying into it. Now, Romans 6, 1 through 4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? 
By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into, into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You'll live a new life when you flip the switch. Continuing to do sinful things after giving your life to Christ will cause a hardening of the heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't ever think that you're going to lose something because you gave your life to Christ either. The only thing that you lose is your sinful nature. You gain the world. You gain freedom. You gain Jesus. You gain Holy Spirit. You gain life. An abundant life where you get to spend it with God and you have a friend who will come and help you through every crisis in your life. There was a time in my life years ago when I was going to church and doing all of the things that I thought were the right things to do, but I still wasn't sure if I was really saved, if I had really given my whole heart to Christ. And actually, I hadn't. So if you have that question and you uh, don't know for sure, then you probably have not laid down your entire life to him and you have not flipped your switch. You need to examine that. You need to pray into that. One of the telltale signs of not having, not really laying your life down to Christ is that if you still struggle in sin, because living in righteousness, the right, living in the righteousness of God is your default once you have really laid your life down to him. So if you're in a default of righteousness, it's hard to sin. We can sin by accident. We can, we can even willfully sin. But if you continue to do that, you're going to flip your switch back and your default's going to be sin. So you can't be playing around with this. This isn't something that you can play around with because then you become lukewarm and Christ will spit you out of his mouth. You need to choose. You got to choose who you're going to serve, what you're going to do, and where you want to spend eternity because we are eternal beings. We have a a body that dies, but our spirits are eternal beings. We are going to spend eternity somewhere. And when you choose to do the wrong thing knowing about Christ, then you are choosing to send yourself to hell. I, 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 don't, want it, I don't want people to go, oh my goodness, she's telling us she, that we're going to go to hell. Yes, you send yourself to hell when you decide, I don't want to choose Christ. I don't want to choose the one that created me. I don't want to do the right thing. You know why I'm telling you this? Because I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to be without Jesus. I don't want anyone to struggle in sin because I've done it. I've struggled and I don't think anybody really wants to be in that position. No one wants to struggle with living. I used to suffer from depression from time to time. 
before I came to Christ. It is the most debilitating thing that I have ever gone through. And I went through it enough times that I was getting medicated at certain times of my life. I went through postpartum depression with both of my kids, although it wasn't as long as it could have been and it wasn't as fierce as some other people that I have spoken to. I was blessed that I didn't have it really bad. But I did go through periods of time in my life where I was depressed and I have not gone through that since I flipped my switch, laid my life down to Jesus, and now I have an eternal Savior that I can always count on, I can always go to, whenever something bad happens. And I don't have this fantasy um, life where everything is hunky-dory and everything's great and I don't ever have any problems. I have issues like everybody else. There are things that come at me and when they do, my default now is go to God. I run to my prayer room and I stay there until I feel better about things. Until the Lord and I have hashed it out. Until I can go out and present to the world Christ again. Does that make sense? I, we are little Christs. When you're a Christian, you are a little Christ. That's what Christian means. I have to present Christ to the world. So if I'm in a difficult position and I am struggling with something out there, and it's usually because I've taken my focus off of God, I have to get myself in front of the Lord and just let him handle it. I have to give everything to him and say, Lord, you just, you've, you've got to fix me because I'm always the problem, right? We're the, usually the problem. And so my default right now is stay with God, do what he tells me to do. And whenever I feel like things are off balance, I need to focus on me. Where am I going wrong in my thinking? And I have to let the Lord do the work in my heart and in my mind to put me back into my default position of being a child of God who reflects Christ through me back at other people. Once I get through that period of time and I am reflecting Christ again, I can go back into the world and I can, and I can be okay. God healed me of that depression. And once I was healed and I knew that I was healed completely of any type of depression, that changed everything for me. So he'll heal you of whatever you need healing from. And if you're ready today to make a decision, if you haven't already made a decision for Christ, if you haven't already made a decision to lay down your life and just be the best you that you can be, the one that God created you to be, if you've, if you've come to that decision, I'm going to pray with you to lay down your life. And if you're ready, pray with me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. I repent of every sin, of every wrong thing, every bad mindset, every wrong mindset, Lord God. I repent right now of everything that I have ever done that was against you, your will, or the nature that you wanted me to carry. I accept you, Lord Jesus, 
as my Lord and Savior. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart, to change me, to mold me, to make me into a Christ-like person. I ask, Holy Spirit, come and dwell in me. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to baptize me in Holy Spirit so that I can hear the word of God from my innermost being to lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. I thank you, Lord, for this change in my heart. I thank you, Lord, that I will be able to spend eternity with you. I praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to find a good church. Look for one that preaches the word of God and go every week. Go every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time the doors are open, go. Because you need to be fed. Get into the Bible. Get the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, and listen to the Bible. Read the Bible. Get a Bible. Get into the Word of God and pray. Spend 10, 15 minutes with, with Jesus every morning, and He will order your steps. And tithe to your church. When you tithe, you break the curse off of the enemy and it, it keeps him from being allowed to touch your circumstances and it allows God to bless you. He can do more with your 90% than you can do with 100. So let's close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go out today, bless all of our days with your grace, your guidance, and your provision. Lord, bless us with favor wherever we go. Keep us safe and watch over us. Lord, we pray your sustaining presence will go with us and walk with us throughout our week and bring us safely back to your house again. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings, for all the tithes and offerings that we have received throughout the week. And Lord, bless the ministries that we are sowing into and for the people that are being blessed by our faithfulness. I thank you, Lord God, and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.